Welcome back to Wine Interrupted with Heather Noel and and Tammy. Howdy. Nice to see you guys. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited because this is like Tammy's particular area of expertise. I mean, among many subjects she's uh, proficient in, but this is her deal. And I'm super looking forward to this. Do you want to tell our listeners what we're going to be discussing? Absolutely. Today, we're going to be talking about adult attachment styles. And basically, our adult attachment styles is our legacy that we carry over from our childhood, um, our childhood experiences, and how we attached with our parents and caregivers impact on how we attach as adults. Uh, I'm a huge attachment geek. So as as I go over this, I'll just make it as unclinical and fun as possible. (laughs) So, um, yeah, our attachment styles affect like our relationships and how we interact with each other as adults and um, also how we parent to our children. Sure. Real, so, real quick, um, just a question right off the bat. What sure. what um, age are they looking at specifically with parent and child bonding? What ages sort of formulate these attachment styles? From one to three. One to three. Birth, three years old. Ooh, okay. Gotcha. And it really, like, how our parents respond to our needs, how they comfort us, um, impacts the way we attach. Yeah. And the way we attach the child follows us through life. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's interesting stuff. I'm kind of an attachment geek. <laughs> I could talk for hours about this. I feel very attached to you, Tammy. No. <laughs> I'm very attached to you. Oh, me too. Me too. Maybe too attached. No, not no such not not in this case, no such thing. So um as as child and adult, which I'm only going over adult right now, um there's insecure attachment styles and secure. Okay. Um, a secure adult attachment style, um, the characteristics of people that are um, securely attached. Okay. Um, they're comfortable with closeness and autonomy. Hmm. They're comfortable being close to people and also being alone and being independent. And then can you just define close to people? Like, obviously, is it? it's not always a physical closeness. It's like... An emotional in- emotional intimacy. they can be emotionally close to others and feel comfortable with that um they find a lot of comfort in in being emotionally close and also having physical closeness too oh cool but they're not codependent um they have a lot of autonomy mm-hmm. so they're okay being independent also they're okay. comfortable and that's that. like the that you secure attachment correct Mm-hmm. And this is secure adult. And um, people that are securely attached, or should I say specifically adults, they're able to express positives and negative emotions um, openly. 
Okay. Negative emotions or positive emotions don't make them uncomfortable at all. Okay. Um, securely attached adults tend to have really good self-esteem and they're comfortable with sharing feelings with their partners and friends, mm. whether, and again, if they're negative or positive. Um, they're able to give and receive care. Mm-hmm. And they're not fearful of being abandoned by others. Okay. Yeah, that's so that's, um, Secure attachment in a nutshell. Um, adults that weren't securely attached as children through, you know, working on things, therapy, they can be an earned secure. Earned secure. Okay. So they, so there is, that was, that was going to be one of my questions toward, towards the end was, is there a way to modify or change or, or improve one's attachment style or are they set? No, um, always room for improve, even through childhood, even if they didn't get that nurturing and love and um, responsiveness from their caretakers by the age of three, they can mm-hmm. still um, earn that throughout their lifetime. Oh, or okay. that. So the second um, type of attachment is a dismissive adult attachment. Okay. And with dismissive adult attachment, um, people with this attachment style show limited emotions or dismiss or minimize feelings. So they're not very comfortable with having emotions and um, feelings. Okay. Um, They put interest into things rather than people. Hmm. So this is somebody that would rather like stay home and read a book or, which isn't a bad thing at all, but just don't really want to be around other people. Okay. Would you say more introverts are this, this way? You know, that's, um, I would assume so, but not necessarily. Okay. And they're uncomfortable getting close to others. Okay. Untrusting and critical of others. Okay. They don't seek support from others and just find it difficult to show emotional support. Mm. Like if somebody was in front of you bawling, if you had this um, attachment style, it, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't find comfort in going and throwing your arms around him or right. you know, providing comfort to him. Gotcha. And they also deactivate or suppress their need for attachment and are very, very, very independent and self-sufficient. I would say overly independent. Hmm. Okay. And have learned to rely on themselves. Just looking at my own notes too. I like this this uh, label that's associated with it, which is stoic, which is uh, mm-hmm. something I relate to as it's sort of, I mean, in a different way, like stoicism or the stoics like um, Seneca and um, some of the great philosophers, this describe this way of being as, as a positive. So it's interesting to see this. I mean, I'm not saying this is a positive or negative, but the, it's mm-hmm. definitely, there's some, this type of attachment has, has been challenged. <laughs> like it's definitely yes. has, there's some reasons behind its behavior. So anyway, sorry, go on. Exactly. No, no, this is good. And please interject anytime. Cool. Okay. Next is preoccupied adult attachment. And with this attachment style, um, adults are intrusive with care and relationships. They have an intense need for support, affection, and reassurance. Mm -hmm. Another characteristic is they'll jump right into relationships. Ooh. It'll go from like zero to a hundred in a very short period of time. Ah, okay. Um, preoccupied uh, adult attachment, people that have that type of attachment have a fear of abandonment Yep. Mm-hmm. in all relationships. Um, they may come across as controlling and insecure. 
Okay. And with this, their feelings are, with this type of attachment, their feelings are hurt very easily. They're very sensitive. Mm, Okay. Um, They often get caught up in their emotions of their relationships and fail to recognize their own role in any conflict that happens. Mm. Mm. And they're easily estranged and hurt by others, even during normal conflicts. So something that you normally have a conflict about and could be resolved easily, it's not so easy to resolve somebody with preoccupied attachment style. Here's what got me about this particular type, which I can definitely relate to, is the ruminates about unresolved past issues. Mm -hmm. Well, probably not just family of origin, but maybe in general, which uh, intrudes the past into the present. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. And they talk about the past and um, past hurts with disappointment and intensity. Sure. Like it. It, there hasn't been time between the incident and now. <laughs> yeah, because I bet you it's probably still very much present in their world, in their you know emotional world. Mm-hmm. So. And um, they also tell stories of their lives filled with unsuccessful attempts to please their parents and frustrations and disappointments of those experiences Ooh. of trying to please them. Interesting. Okay. So, and then the last is the unresolved fearful adult attachment style. Okay. And um, people with this style, they hold in their emotions and they're reluctant to self-disclose personal information. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seek any support from others. And th- this attachment style also has difficulty providing comfort to others. Okay. And relationships and the thought of relationships are chaotic and confusing. They don't believe others care about them. Okay. And this comes from a history of not getting their needs met as a child and maybe having abusive parents Mm -hmm. that um, maltreat, mistreated them. Mm -hmm. And like as a child, you, I mean, there's conflict. They want their parents' attention, but then they don't like how their parents treat them. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be a very uh, mixed message there. Mm-hmm. Um, the style of attachment, people that have um, un- unresolved fearful attachment uh, usually have behavioral and emotional disorders. Okay. Huh. And they desire closeness with others, but are fearful to be close with them. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. So these four, these four attachments now, now, okay, so here's where I'm a little like confused. Maybe you can um, help. Is sure. is that you know having taken my own share of psychology courses and read my books and whatever I know that they talk about how like you know your opposite sex parent really influences how you choose your partners in the future if you're straight whatever or maybe right. you know or maybe if you're not straight could be like the, the character traits of that of your opposite sex parent and your relationship with them and maybe how they showed you love or care. And Mm -hmm. um, is that sort of a direct comparison to what you're talking about here? Is this sort of along those same lines? You know, cause I know it's not just, it's not just like in my case, it would be my father. It's not just that because obviously it's like, I think attachment is about you, a primary caregiver, correct? Exactly. It's a primary caregiver. Um, the one that provides you with your care, right. basically. Okay. That we love that, um, 
meets your needs. Okay. But I mean, so are we, are we saying like, you know, like specifically if I was to say one person, like my mom was, you know, probably she stayed home with us. Like Mm -hmm. it was probably based on that relationship or would it be like how other schools of psychology would discuss? It's my dad that's going to shape like my romantic partners and why I would choose them. Like, so are you saying it's more like my mom in this case? You know, it depends. There's always nothing completely right. <laughs> no, I but, know. Yeah. Um, from all my research and everything I've learned, it's your primary caregiver. Okay. And um, who is there to tend to your needs. But I would say like finding somebody like a partner of the opposite sex, um, like modeled after your father. Mm-hmm. Say if it was a man, I think we seek what we know and what we're comfortable with. Right. And that's sort of um, it's acceptable. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. And then, you know, I de- like doing my whatever reading. I read your wonderful dissertation. That was beautiful. And um, it showed 122 slides. That's so crazy. <laughs> like, it showed how hard you worked on it. And it was very, very, you know, introspective in it and thoughtful and and I was very proud of but um you. you know a lot of, like basically like okay because I'll just say like reading through these different types I definitely and I'm sure you could diagnose me in a heartbeat of like which you see me having the most tendencies of but I definitely can see myself having tendencies of every single one of them and it's mm-hmm. like and it depends on the relationship it depends on the you know, maybe the time in my life or it depends on the the relationship itself. So I'm just curious of like, do we improve on the scale or is it situational or is it because those people set off certain hot buttons in you or they trigger something in you that you are now in a different, I don't know. So, so it's in, so that, so I find myself finding traits of these styles very familiar, but all of them are. So I don't, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think like, you know, everything, nothing's black and white. There's Mm -hmm. always gray areas. I know as we grow and learn and, you know, um, take what we've learned into future relationships that also grows us. Sure. And I'm sure that, and I haven't done any research on that specifically, but um, I'm sure that would um, impact our attachment style. And plus, two, uh, going through therapy. Yes. Yeah. And addressing past issues yeah. and resolving those and coming to peace with them. Like with a preoccupied adult attachment style, um, you know, addressing when your parents didn't meet your needs. Mm-hmm. And um, going through that, you can get to earn secure. Because preoccupied, um, as kiddos have, or sorry, adults, <laughs> going back and forth between child and adult, no, yeah. have a fear of abandonment. So maybe addressing yeah. that and where that comes from and what happened. Yeah, it's very odd. Like, you know, and like, I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like this is my therapy hour, but, you know, that was, um, that was my big concern as a child. Um, and I don't know where that came from. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you where that came from because yeah, it was very, but I'll just say, I, I know that I was, that I was very concerned with, um, being left alone or abandoned as a kid because mm-hmm. I would have an, a, um, uh, what's a reoccurring nightmare about that. And so a very specific one where I'd have the same one every time that I'm like playing and now we're getting, now we're walking through my psyche right now. So just be gentle. 
but I'd okay. have this reoccurring nightmare as a small child. So I'd be playing in my bedroom and like all the lights were off in the house, except for in my bedroom. And I was playing and I could hear my mom calling me like, come on, Heather, it's time to go. Like, get like, let's go. We're leaving. We're leaving. And I'm like, all right, I'll be there in a second. And like, you better come. We're going to leave without you. We're going to leave without you. And it was like, that kept happening where I kept like saying like, I'll be there in a moment. And mm-hmm. then I had this, um, then I'd, I'd real, I'd hear the door open. I realized they're leaving without me. And so I ran down the hallway and I see them leaving through the door, like my whole, like my parents and my brother and the lights are going off and I slip and I fall like, and so I fall and I slide into the kitchen and they're, this way in the hallway and I, and they leave without me. And that was like the never, like the reoccurring nightmare that I had as a child. And it was like, I don't, I couldn't tell you where they came from because my parents were, it's not like nobody was around or I was abandoned at all. They were there, you know. And Did then, you go through a trauma before then? I don't know. Cause it was when I was super young, I was very young. I don't, I don't know what it was. No, I didn't. Not to my knowledge. Um, and then also again, in junior high, my mom uh, got her master's in psychology. <laughs> um, and so she was um, she was gone. I think it, it was either Tuesday or Thursday nights or Monday, Wednesday and Friday nights. It was one of those combos. I think it was Tuesday, Thursday nights. She was gone. And <clears throat> I would have a severe fear that she was going to be hit by a car on the way home or her, she was going to be in a car accident and she was going to die. And I just remember like that, like severe fear of that kind of that happening. But that's honestly like that's, there was always somebody there. It wasn't like, you know, it was my parents didn't abandon me. There was no abandoning. I mean, so that's what's, I guess a little unclear because I see some of this, I see, I see some stronger traits than others. I don't know. Do you, do you feel comfortable enough talking about which one you identify with? Sure. I'd say that I'm more identified with a preoccupied. Yeah. Well, attachment style, but then I'm moving towards earned secure. Yeah. Well, what is yours? I mean, do, like, cause we're similar in a lot of ways. I feel like that's the one that most, that ticks the most boxes for me as well. Right. Um, do you have a good reason? I mean, you don't have to mention it or talk about it. I mean, is, was there trauma for you or is there, were you abandoned? Oh, sure. Um, the one thing that I can pinpoint to was, um, when I was two and a half, my brother was born and he almost died at birth. Oh, he, right, right. Um, a long story, but I'll just condense it. My mom went way over her due date and he was born and I don't remember the name of it, but, um, he only has one functioning kidney. Okay. So when he was born, they weren't sure he was going to make it. He was in and out of the hospital for years. Yeah. Added to it. Yeah. Um, plus when I was growing up, um, I lived on a military base and there while I was attached to my parents, there wasn't a lot of permanency around me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody was moving um, every two years. You know, other parents would get deployed and my friends would be gone. Right. That was rough. Okay. So I do have. That makes sense. That makes not sense. strong fear of abandonment, but when I get attached to people, I don't want to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. Security, stability. That mm-hmm. whole thing. We all seek that. 
but yeah. And I do, I have an intense need for support, affection, and reassurance. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's amazing that you know, you know that you identify that, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's, that's so freaking healthy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on it. I mean, I'm constantly a work in progress, but Mm -hmm. But those are like two of the characteristics that really jump out to me. Totally. And jump into relationships. I don't know. I think when I really connect with people and have that chemistry, I'm like friends. Yeah. Like, in and there. Yep. Yep. And that, and that's like, I think that's like, you know, you're also like, you know, as an HSP and mm-hmm. dare I say a Leo, <laughs> like we all like, you know, we're like puppy dogs when it's like we find our people and we want to we want to keep them in our lives and we're excited to have them. And it's like, yeah, it's like once you're once you're once you're in, you're in, at least for me, like if if I'm I am and I, you know, I just so sad. I'm when all in. Leave. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> so. um So, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's the one I, I identify with the most. But I definitely have seen other attributes from the other types that do, you know, ping with me. But it's. Um, Which ones? Huh? Which ones? I'm curious. Um. OK, let's see. Well, obviously, like, I think. I think right now, like the relationship I'm in right now has been Mm -hmm. the most um, secure, you know, form that I've, I've been in and and clearly somebody that has done their share of therapy as well. And, um, and so it's, I don't worry. I don't worry. Like, I feel like, feel like I would worry about things more and I have worried about things more in other relationships and in mm-hmm. this relationship, I just don't worry. There's no need. My energy goes elsewhere. Um, trusting. Um, I, I'm very open and communicative um, and honest. But, you know, I think that's sort of my nature anyway, though. Like, I don't know. I'm very, I've definitely, I'm definitely a communicative person. Um, I, But I do, I, I've, I had, I, and not to be completely, you know, the whole story, but like, I really have a hard time saying I love you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and even though I do, you know, I'm just not that type of person that like love bombs you with that. Um, and when I say it, I mean it. Um, I I do see, can I tell you my observation? I think very comfortable with feelings. Okay. Thank you. The good and the bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have any problem talking about him. That's true. That's true. But I, I, you know, I just feel bad when like, I've always been hesitant to be a withholder on like the, you know, I love you because it's like, I've been, you know, not to bring up the past, but it's like, it just makes me like, when I'm, when I say it, I mean it. Like it just, you know, it's like that whole, I'm not going to use it like water. Um, all right. Uh, what other things do I relate to? Honestly, I don't see you. I mean, definitely not an unresolved style. Or a dismissive? Or a dismissive, no. Okay, I, I feel like I have some of those traits. Um, the chess? Yeah, like the like where with some people, I keep them at an arm's length. Um, but if you're in the inner circle, then you're not, but it's like, you know, if there's somebody who, but that's some people though, Heather, 
not true. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I should be thinking about that. It's not, um, you're right. Not a partner, not a intimate. Um, you're right. These are all relative to your, your partner. I should, I should think about that. Okay. Um, yeah. Unresolved. Um, but it's the, it's the PTSD thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that would, would have me relate to it. It's that, um, no, I definitely, definitely not antisocial. I don't see your relationships as being chaotic. No, no. Um, and you, you are so good at providing comfort to others. Oh, thank you. Argumentative. I don't know. I, there, there, let's just say there's some things in there that I can recognize in my family relationships. Mm-hmm. So, um, and maybe that's my own relationships, my own way that I interact with them, have a hard time with closeness, can be argumentative. <laughs> and I feel like that's, but, but that's, but that's the wrong answer to the wrong question, right? I should only be looking at this. Well, that's on an individual basis. This okay. isn't the norm. Okay. Right. Because of course there are going to be people that you don't trust that have wronged you that have good reason that you're not going to share your emotions with or. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. No. Oh, but you're true. That's very true. Of relationships. But I was and like, you, yeah. What about no. past relationships? Do you look at, do you look at these things in the same, do you, can you take like, should I take my past relationships and see how I behaved and see if those things ting, ring a bell there or no? It's present. I mean, have you grown since then? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. And it also comes with maturity too. Yeah. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. In hindsight, um, for sure. And um, okay. So we're probably about the same on that one. <laughs> preoccupied. Cheers. Cheers. Preoccupied. Mine has anxious by it. Preoccupied, anxious. I'm trying to be an insecure. Right. Right. I've but, done my, done my own share of, of therapy there. Um, but see, I, see, I don't know if I want to merge with my partner. Like that's the only thing that I don't necessarily agree with. I don't necessarily want to merge with them. Um, but what's your definition of merging? Like just become like in each other's entire lives. That's not really me. Um, you know, I do like to have my own autonomous independence. Um, I do like to, I actually yeah, like to have her, huh? You're able to be autonomous. Yeah. You're able to have, um, closeness and feelings and, and share emotions. So yeah, wanting to be, and I don't think it's really healthy to be in every facet of somebody's no, life. No, I like, I like the fact that we're different and, um, we have, we have things to bring to the table. We are back. Hey, hey. we're back. And we're bad. So we're talking, we're bad already. <laughs> we're talking about attachment styles and, and um, you were just saying something very interesting, like that you, that we're all just pieces of the puzzle and we're putting it together. And I don't know, say what you just said. Yeah, we take, I mean, there are so many, uh, we are so many puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. We just put them together and we can like look at the whole picture. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's like piece of our life. Yeah. Like, and I know you're going to go deeper into this, which is awesome. Um, here's one thing that I was thinking is like, I'm fascinated by the psychology. It's very interesting to me. And I find that the better the relationship is, the better I am with, with being secure, secure attachment Mm -hmm. with a partner. Um, and that's like both partners have done the work, but like you know, how I'm still curious about how this all, um, are we still seeking that sort of 
first familial relationship that we have as the norm within our prospective partners, we're still seeking that same dynamic where like, let's say in my case or your case, we're preoccupied, anxious, like, are we the most comfortable then in that state of like, not knowing how, what our partner is feeling. So we need constant reassurance, like reassurance. Like I'm just wondering if knowledge is truly power because so many things, I feel like people know why they behave the way they behave and they know, okay, I can point to my childhood and it's the way that I was raised and my caregiver, like we were discussing, but Mm -hmm. even, even with that knowledge that doesn't change my behavior. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it doesn't change like what I'm still seeking out of a partner or the dynamic, like the dynamic is still there, I guess is what I'm saying. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, just like, like an example, like for example, I mean, okay, not related to this topic at all, but the same sort of dynamic is like, you know, like, um, for example, somebody you know, has daddy issues and it's because their father didn't give them enough attention. And so they're seeking it with other, with men to give them that reassurance. I'm not saying this is me at all. It's not seeing the same reassurance with, for other men, usually older men, um, because they never got that from their father. They, they can go to therapy. They can find, figure out that this is why that they have daddy Mm -hmm. issues, but it's not going to change who they're attracted to, which are these male figures that are going to give them what they were lacking in their childhood. I'm just wondering like the same thing with this. It's like, is knowledge power? Like, because I know that like, let's say I'm a preoccupied, whatever. It is. It is Is power. And there's always, always room to improve. So the example you gave somebody with daddy issues like exploring why, why they're having daddy issues and then working on making like healthier choices or more positive choices and partner. Mm-hmm. But I guess like, okay, let me make a more, a different example. Okay. So our, our gay boyfriend. Uh-huh. Oh, I love him by the way. I love him too. We all love him, but like, you might know about some of his early childhood trauma mm-hmm. and his sexuality. Mm-hmm. And there was once upon a time, a school of thought that said, if you had that behavior, that hap- that trauma in your childhood, then you're more predisposed to be gay. Okay. So, I, he had the same question for me a lo- long time ago was like, so I know what happened to me in my childhood shaped probably who I am today and my sexuality, but it doesn't change who I'm attracted to. So it's like knowing why doesn't always change your behavior, you know, knowing the reasons why, like, obviously mm-hmm. we're talking specifically right now about attachment and childhood attachment versus adulthood and how like it's the zero to three years old and that bond from our primary caregiver or what was missing or what style they had is now shaping us now. And we can know the reasons, but it's, I just wonder, I guess I'm just hypothesizing if knowing those reasons will shape us now in our relationships and our attachment styles 
or not. Because in other, in other situations like the one I just described, it doesn't change your behavior to know why. Does that make sense? Yes. And I don't, and I haven't done any research in that specific. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, It was just an example. um, I just want to say, I mean, does who he's attracted to, I mean, does that need to be changed? No, not, no, not at all. I was only using that as an analogy because like he was, he, he had said that to me a long time ago. I guess I should have used a better example. I'm just trying to use like an example of like, you know, okay, so I know that, you know, the type of people I'm attracted to are usually emotionally unavailable. Like, for example, are usually the types that are emotionally unavailable. Also, I have a long history of that, at least for men. Mm-hmm. It's been emotionally unavailable men who I have to, like, tap dance and wave and earn their love. Okay, woo! I'm earning your love. And it makes me feel, like, fulfilled. And I know that that's probably because my dad was emotionally distant when I was growing Mm -hmm. up and still kind of is, I mean, he's gotten better, but it's like, and I know that that's the reason why, but it doesn't change who I'm attracted to. Right. That is a good question. Oh my gosh. That's a great question. I think it's just something to think about. Like, cause I'm curious, like analyzing like why. And then, you know, um, I think just working on, changing your thought and really analyzing what do you want? Because it seems like being attracted to men that aren't available doesn't have a very good outcome. I mean, that's not, I grew up in a house where everybody was always fighting and I don't want that. Yeah, I didn't want that. And I think I purposely and like, you know, I was so young when I got married, but I knew that that would never happen with him. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, I'm same, same. I can relate to that a lot. It's as something I didn't want. I think that's why I like, I've stayed away from marriage is because, because I sort of equated it to that's what happens. And you're smart. I would not, I'd rather not be married than be married to somebody that puts me through hell and yeah. just ha- hell no. shitty. To vote. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So, and you've got a wonderful life. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I really don't want to experiences that most people would just dream of. I don't want to complain. Like I'm 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 happy. Mm-hmm. Like I oh, I've never been with somebody more supportive. Like honest to god. And um and maybe that just feels weird. <laughs> I think that's sexy having somebody supportive in love with like It's not anything I'm used to. Like that's where I'm like uh this is this is this is an interesting feeling like I didn't know what to do with it anyway so back to attachment styles it's like it just had me thinking about that it's like damn you know but like I wonder if if it's a trade-off like to get the the secure attachment do you trade off passion (laughs) And, and uh I don't know. I don't want to say connection because I think there can be connection at all levels. But see, there can be passion and not be like physically attracted, you know, like look yeah. at somebody, oh, fuck, they're hot, you know. Yeah. 
Wait, what? Explain that. Explain that. When, when are when are there situations where there's passion, but you're not like wanting to jump their bones? So you wanted to, you were going to go into things a little deeper. So what was I going to go into deeper? I don't know. Shoot. Each each style, or is there um, is there any traits that are common and in, in um, that you which ones which ones strike you the most in each style? So the unresolved fearful. I think that comes from um, like childhood trauma in childhood. Okay. The childhood filled with abuse. Um, oh yeah. The disassociative I, thing. I'm sorry. The disassociative trait in that particular, the, the ability to disassociate. Right. Like, yes. And children um, like in childhood, not having an adult that was dependable at all that could, take care of your needs like your needs were not met yeah and you see this a lot of kids that are um were severely abused and in foster care that don't trust adults or anybody yeah when attachment figure like they have the desire to attach they they are scared to Mm -hmm. it's very confusing they want the love of of their caregiver but their caregiver mistreats them and is abusive towards them so yeah yeah. that's gotta set you up trust yes Substance abuse, criminality, most likely to mal- mistreat their own kids. Because um, mm-hmm. we repeat what we know. And, um, you know, parents with an insecure attachment style, I mean, they're doing the best they can. I sure. truly subscribe to Brene Brown's theory that, you know, we, we spend every day doing the absolute best we can with what we know and what we have. Yeah. So there's no no shame. I mean, our parents um, did the best and they could and um, did what they knew, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm not the mindset, though. It's like, I feel like either it's it's one of two ways. Uh, parents want to do a 180 on the way they were raised. Mm-hmm. And, and let's say they had a bad childhood themselves or think things were lacking in their childhood and they want but they to recognize that some people don't recognize it. Right. But, but their reaction to it is to go a, a 180 and do, and try mm-hmm. to like, and try to not replicate that at all by maybe like over coddling their kids or, yeah. or it could be like, or they just do what they know because it's what they experience. But it's like, for me, it's mm-hmm. like, wouldn't you want your children to like have a better time than you did? <laughs> It's like, I don't know. And you remember what you were like as a kid and what it felt like. Like, wouldn't you want their experience to be better than yours? I don't know. I agree. Some people, though, don't don't have the same insight. No. No. Yeah. Or they want it, but they're stuck in their behavior patterns. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Again, it's like it, it depends. There's so many factors. So like, many factors. take all the pieces of the puzzle and put them together, and let's take a look at them and see yeah. what's up. Yep. See what the picture is. <laughs> totally. Um, what about any other um, traits from the preoccupied that you thought were were interesting or complicated or complex? Oh, um, just the the tendency maybe to be controlling. I was just looking and at that right dirty. when you said that. Um, do you consider yourself controlling? Not really. <laughs> I, I don't either. See, and I don't consider myself controlling either. And it's, so that's, I don't know. Do you? Honestly. You know, I would say I don't. Um, I'm 
would maybe ask other people close to me if there's something I'm not not seeing but I really yeah I really don't. I don't I don't think I am because I really hate to be controlled myself so mm-hmm. I feel like that would be something that I'd be like hyper but I don't know I, and I really don't want to I mean controlling somebody takes a lot of energy <laughs> we're past <laughs> that we're past the energy factor at this point and then also poor personal boundaries it dep- yeah I, I can sometimes be a little over too much too soon you oh you you sort of uh let people walk through the boundaries too soon or let people in let like people in. too soon gotcha okay yeah i yeah me too i have some of that it depends on the person it depends mm-hmm. on the person um and intrusive with care and in relationships intrusive with care Yes. It's like, oh my gosh. I like I I don't know. I think I I think I can be overbearing sometimes. And especially when I see somebody hurting or or need help, I'm like, Yeah. What can I do? Let me help you. I don't is that a bad thing? (sighs) No. But if they say no, I don't really need it. (laughs) Okay. Then then I guess you gotta respect their boundaries. Yeah. So but maybe that's why I'm in the the profession I'm in. <laughs> no, totally. You t- I, I think so. I think absolutely. You know. But I got to say too, like in the secure part, I am comfortable with closeness and I am comfortable with autonomy too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I see that. That's like an expressive motion. It's like nobody's business. And they're comfortable <laughs> um, insight, resolution and forgiveness. Oh my God. I can forgive anything. As long as somebody acknowledges it, and maybe that's not a good thing of mine. That's not a good trait of mine, but like I can, as long as somebody like apologizes for or, or acknowledges it, I can move past, I can move past easily if they apologize. That's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. Forgiveness it, is so important. That's, that's not like, okay, I'm going to let you walk all over me all the time. That's right. It's, it's so freeing to the soul. It is, but like for me, I don't know. I've noticed this tendency where, where as long as somebody, I'm, I'm just, it's like I'm people that have wronged me. I'm like waiting for them to apologize, and then like once they do, or if they do, and sometimes they don't, then I will forgive all the wrongs and go back to normal. I'll be like in a heartbeat, and I know that's not right. Like I should still have boundaries. And and well, you you can forgive and still have boundaries. Right, but I'm not that type. I'm like, once I forgive you, then I'm like, the floodgates but, open, you know? So you let them, like, or leave room. To do it again. Yeah, to sort of revisit. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. You froze a little bit. Yeah. You froze a little Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, there's some, I mean, maybe there's some people that like, I should not be seeking them. Like, I should just be like, no, never again. Go away. But forgiveness is good, but it's not, not good to open up the door for it. I mean, you've got to have your boundaries too. Healthy boundaries. Healthy for sure. All right. What about our, our, our favorite dismissive avoidant or sorry, not so favorite. Equates equates intimacy with a loss of independence. Ah. Uh, 
not able to depend on a partner. Communication is it. See, I can relate to communication is intellectual. Oh, but see, it's got to involve emotions too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, cool. I, you know, I can now like when since we've gone over all these different attachment styles, yeah. can you think of specific people and go, ha ha? <laughs> yes, for sure, definitely. There we go. Now that makes sense. Definitely. Yep. A lot of like, I get it. I get it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Cool. Uh, emotionally uh, good in crisis, non-emotional takes charge. Yep. Yep. Um, mm, deactivates attachment needs, feelings and behaviors. Yeah. I, yeah, there's some people like you get too close to them and then they guard goes you know and here's the thing it's not you it's them mm-hmm. sometimes we have a hard time realizing that like yeah why can't they get close to me yeah it's our attachment style totally um all right wait oh here's the thing um i was reading about how to change your style to be more secure um it says obviously seek therapy as well as relationships with others who are capable of secure. If you have an anxious attachment style, you will feel more stable in a committed relationship with someone who has a secure. All right. Mm-hmm. Heal your shame and raise your self-esteem. Yes. Yes. Shame. It, oh gosh. We could do another podcast on that, but I would shame like to. Yeah. Can totally hold us back from a lot. This enables you to not take things personally. Learn to be assertive, learn to identify, honor, and assertively express your emotional needs. Risk being authentic and direct. Don't play games to try to manipulate your partner's interest. Practice acceptance of yourself and others. Uh, and be- I'm getting better and better every day. <laughs> Is there anything else about attachment styles we want to get into this episode? Hmm. <laughs> my attachment is unavailable aware of our attachment styles and um you know they, they can always be changed even into adulthood and that's something through never th- too late yeah so through therapy through growth through probably interpersonal relationships through good relationships mm-hmm. probably could could stretch that and learn and life is just constant learning and just having that self insight on who we are and if we want to change it. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's definitely something I want to work on. Well, cool. Um, all right. Well, I just have a tiny little blip of something and it's from uh, just over the quarantine and it's just super silly and quick. We are reckless with time spending it all up. Oh yeah. Sorry. This is Heather's poetry corner. <laughs> we are reckless with time, spending it all up like easy drinking wine. The stain shines through the lime, and my heart lurches every single time. Unsettled, uneasy, untamed, and free. The way I feel when you look at me. That's that's it. Oh. I love it. <laughs> that's it. And I'm sure you'll you'll conjure up an obscure moment for us next time. 
In fact, yes. I feel like this time is full of nothing but ex- obscure moments. <laughs> how are you? Um, how are you handling? Are you guys pretty much back to normal there, or is it like with it with measured carefulness, or is it how is it? <laughs> distancing um last weekend kevin and i we went out to the lake to meet a friend that had a boat oh fine did you go on the boat and we could not find parking so we drove out there and now we're out there yeah oh they were like turning people around so we went to a restaurant which was really anticlimactic. It was like a Chili's <laughs> and it was socially distance apart. There's no condiments on the table. Uh, um, yeah. Paper menu that we had to share limited menu. Sure. And but it was just not was a weird relaxed experience. Was that your first What's restaurant? That? First restaurant since quarantine. That'll be inter- That's interesting. Yeah, it was interesting, but it just wasn't a relaxed, enjoyable experience. No, I wouldn't think so. Like, sit back, so we're like, whatever. Anyways, so... um, You attempted to socialize. Yeah, gyms are open. Um, I did a class today. I did Zumba, but it was... I had to reserve my time. Um, The gym, only so many people can be in there. And we had to practice um, social distancing while Zumbaing. Yeah, I bet. And are you able to like do hangouts with friends and stuff, or how's that been? I do, I do, I do hang out with friends. Oh, that's good. Cool. And have you found any yeah. hikes? Anyway, hikes. I know that you were looking to hike. Um, I did. Here's the thing with all the hiking trails, the ones up in the mountains, you need to get there like the butt crack of dawn early, oh. or else the parking will be full. Oh, bummer. Okay. But I am still going down to the lake a lot. Um, we're not allowed watercrafts in Jefferson County. Like, we can't kayak or bring our boats or anything. Oh. Paddle boards. And um, all of the picnic tables are still upside down. When quarantine started, they took the picnic tables and the camping grounds and stuff and put them upside down so people wouldn't congregate. Yeah. And it's still that way. They took away our fire pits at the beach. Well, that just sucks. Yeah, but I mean, I I get it. But I don't know. Hopefully it'll be. Hey, I bet you tracks will be open soon. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I want to see, yeah. And you know, cyber goth is going to be huge with medical masks. and. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Aww. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Tammy. Thank you for this. And thank you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to our attempt to delve into psychology a little bit for you tonight. And um, we'll see you next time with a awesome hey. topic. Love you all. Make good choices. Be good humans. Be great good humans. Until next time. Cheers. Mwah. Wine Interrupted with Heather Noel and Tammy. We think, we drink, and then we wink about life's many relationship quandaries. Then we might drink some more. Warning, no matter how hard or awkward, there will be downright real talk ahead. So prepare yourselves. Thanks for joining us at Wine Interrupted.